What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of NFL Turf Talk. We are here on DSM Media streaming to you live. I am here. You know me, Scotty, your host, and I am here with my most dedicated co-host, Dylan Davis. Make sure you're following Dylan at DylanJD98. Make sure you're following myself at Scotty Drown. And of course, make sure you're following DSM Media on all streaming platforms, on all social media platforms. But first and uh, foremost, make sure you're following us on Twitter at DSM underscore media. Dylan, what is good, my friend? How are you doing tonight? You ready to talk some NFL uh, football, NFL playoffs, I should say here. What's going on, man? Yeah, just getting the show shared out so that everyone can tap in and join us. And guys, if you want to comment and be interactive on the show, head on over to our YouTube or Facebook page where you can see Jason right now. We can pull your comments up on the screen and get your opinions or questions in as much as possible uh, because Twitter still doesn't want to, um, you know, Scotty, be, you know, treat us good. (laughs) And we are unable to view or pull up any comments posted to our Twitter. So if you want to be interactive, head on over to, or even our Twitch account, but yeah, man, I'm good. Um, obviously we talked about the Eagles game on the faithful fanatic show on Monday, so we won't dive into that really too much tonight. Um, we're just going to be looking around the league. There was a lot of action in week 16 that had, you know, playoff implications. There's a ton more action in week 17 this Sunday, uh, with more playoff implications. And I just want to let everyone know this is going to be so much more NFL based than Eagles tonight because this Sunday live 10 AM Scotty and I here on turf talk on DSM media, will be dedicating that show to a strictly Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team pregame show. So yes, be come hang out with us, have a drink. Uh, we'll drop the link for anyone that wants to join, pop in for a second, say what's up, give your thoughts on the game, ask us any questions about that day because the Eagles have a chance to clinch a playoff spot this week. I never thought I would say that this season, Scotty. The Eagles have a chance to clinch a wild card spot in week 17 with two games left. Uh, remaining so tonight is going to be tonight's going to be cruise control yeah we're going to be chilling tonight we're we're yeah. going to be chilling um obviously we, we bring the energy to every episode but um we're not talking birds tonight and that's a little different not we so be, emotional we can remain unbiased um you know we, we can really just be as transparent as possible tonight and it's something i'm looking forward to especially with the way the nfl playoff picture is shaping up so um Let's dive right in, man. Uh, enough of the house cleaning to start the show. I'm, of course, I'm sure everybody's tired of that. Um, but as you know, it is it is necessary every single episode if you want to support DSM Media. So make sure you're doing all of that. Um, week 16 headlines, Dylan. Where do we want to start? Do we want to just start with Thursday Night Football and kind of how that played out? Yeah, dude. We, we can start there. Um, like I said, I think we covered it a little. I think we covered – what was last week's game? So last San, week's game was San Fran and Tennessee. We did right? cover it a little bit, so we don't San need Fran to spend a ton of time on it. Um, and then obviously the two Christmas Day games, but no, we we can go over those because I think all three of those games had major, major playoff implications. So yeah, let's start with that game. Uh, like I said, um, on Sunday's episode, I was wrong with this one, Scotty. I think you were as well. Yeah. You threw the question to me, uh, that night. Who do you trust more in a game like this? And and I went with Jimmy Garoppolo. I went with the San Francisco 49ers. and. A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill said, hold on, Uh, because they came out in a big way. A.J. Brown had a welcome back type of game. Um, They were able to keep their division lead over the Indianapolis Colts, who obviously Saturday take down the Cardinals in a big win. Um, And those two are fighting for the AFC South. So So for Thursday night's game, man, I was surprised by it. I don't know how Tennessee continues to win these games against playoff competition. They – they're just not 
that good to me. And they just continue to find ways to win. They're, they're a confusing team to try to figure out. Yeah, to say the least. And I'm, I'm with you. I was kind of thinking that today, like the the wins that they've been able to reel off since Derrick Henry, you know, went out for the season. It's actually kind of amazing where they're still, you know, stationed right at the top of that division, right ahead of the Colts who have been on fire. And, you know, as we get down the stretch here, you know, if the Titans will we'll have to take a look at the, their remaining schedule for this season. But as we get down the stretch here, how much are those losses by the Colts to Tennessee going to bite the Colts in the ass when it comes to, you know, winning the division? Obviously, they, they're yeah they're looking like they're going to make the playoffs for sure. Um, but as far as winning that division, if they could have just grabbed one of those games against mm-hmm. Tennessee, who knows what this could look like. Um, but, you know, that's beside the point. I thought this was a huge win for Tennessee on, on Thursday night football. Um, you know, you mentioned it. A.J. Brown comes out. He re-staples his name in the top wide receiver conversation. Um, but Debo Samuel, once again, it seems like we are. it's kind of a recurring thing. We're talking about him each and every week uh, because he's really stapled himself as a top five, you know, in that top ten wide receiver group in the NFL as well. And he's been a top five wide receiver this season, so it's been fun to watch him you know, play. And that's kind of what I had written down here is kind of like AJ Brown versus Debo Samuel in that game because the offenses weren't super effective. It was just key players making key plays. Um, I think the other takeaway, you know, obviously Tennessee huge win for them. They, they keep hold of the uh, AFC South there, but San Fran drops one. And I believe San Fran, am I wrong here? Is San Fran already locked in as a playoff team? San Fran is, not locked in as a as, not, as a playoff team. I don't okay. think so. I, I didn't see how they could be, but for some reason, I, I remember seeing something over this last week that said that the six NFC teams are locked in and that, you know, the, it, the rest is just the fight for the seven seed. I could be off there. And, you know, if that's... If you that might is, be hey, right I'm because sorry. tiebreakers and all and everything, I'm, I'm not sure of yet. Jason doesn't believe they're locked in yet either because they do hold the same record as the Eagles, which... Again, we'll talk about Sunday, but it's very right. interesting as the Eagles, one of their three steps to locking up a spot this week is a San Francisco win, when in reality, if the Eagles win and San Fran loses, the Eagles could be looking at the sixth seed in the NFC. Yeah. So, so it's going to be a weird dynamic. And the, and the reason I bring that up, Dylan, is because obviously, and, and I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now, but Jimmy G tore a ligament in his thumb, so... Mm-hmm. It's very up in the air if they're going to be if he's going to be playing on Sunday. And then on top of that, how good is Jimmy G anyways? You know what I mean? So with a torn ligament in his thumb, I'm not sure that you want to throw him out there. But do you want to throw a rookie Trey Lance out there in the middle of trying to get a playoff spot? So they are in a bit of a sticky situation, as Jason mentioned there. And that's kind of why I brought that up, because, you know, aside from the loss here, you also lose your starting quarterback in a sense. Uh, He's going to be hampered in a sense. So. That's something to keep an eye on. But um, San Fran, they have looked so good over these last few weeks. And then just to drop one against Tennessee, which we both thought that they would pull pull out. But, um, you know, Tennessee moves on. And uh, we'll see how the rest of that plays out. But um, let's let's take a look at the Saturday matchups, the Christmas Day matchups mm-hmm. uh, between Green Bay and the Browns and the Colts and the Cardinals. Obviously, we, we talked about them a little bit um, on Sunday with Gant, but um, the Packers dropped the Browns 24 to 22. Um, obviously, you know, Devontae Adams dominated this game. Baker Mayfield sort of kind of became, you know, <laughs> disjointed. He, he kind of lost himself in this game, had four interceptions. Um, the Browns dropped to seven and eight. Green Bay moves to 12 and three. They have a firm hold on their division, obviously. But uh, they're starting to, you know, create a firm hold on, on the NFC in general. Um, they're looking at a game against Minnesota in their division this upcoming week. And if they want to stay ahead of the Bucks, the what the Rams, the Cowboys, they do need mm-hmm. to keep on winning. Um, but the Browns, they dropped a seven and eight. And that's a team that I know me and you talked about to start this season as a legit contender and to see where they are now. Dylan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legit. Yeah, it's laughable at this point. Um, thoughts on this loss, you know, their place in, in their road to the playoffs. Forget the road to the playoffs when it comes to the Cleveland Browns in 2021. Yeah. I think that was my biggest takeaway. When you just look at at the two box scores when it comes to quarterback play, one dude was 21 of 36 with four interceptions, and the other was 24 of 34 with three touchdowns, right, and no picks. Right. 
So to me, this this problem with Cleveland, this loss for Cleveland goes beyond 2021 because now you have a problem at the quarterback position. Cleveland has battled injuries and COVID all year long. I understand that. But like you said, Scotty, for a team that we thought to be in the top tier of the AFC fighting for the for the AFC championship, fighting for a Super Bowl appearance with the Buffalo Bills of the world, with the Kansas City Chiefs of the world. They're just not that this year. And now yeah. you have a chance. You you hung around all year long, even with all these guys out and the Odell situation that you had to move on from. Not only did your franchise quarterback not give you a chance, all he needed to do was give him a chance to win this game. Not only did he not give you a chance, he played you out. As the, as the headphones drop, he played you out of a chance to win that game. Yeah. Four interceptions, four horribly thrown interceptions in this game by Baker Mayfield. It's inexcusable. It's laughable. And they have a problem not just not making the playoffs this year when we thought they could be contenders. They have a problem going forward because now they might need to look for a guy that can lead this team to a division title and so on into the playoffs because he's not proving to be that right now. Yeah, and, and I think the problem as we look at this season with Baker Mayfield, it's not that he couldn't be a great game manager. It's not that he can't be successful when he has those two horses in the backfield, uh, that them being Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But it's the fact that he can become a detractor, right? Like, he can become a detractor for this entire team. He's not a, a player that's going to lift this team when they need help. He's actually somebody that can take them down further. And right. That's that's the worst part to see with Baker. Obviously, we know how highly touted he was coming out of college. He's the number one pick. And to see this kind of play out, he's looking at an extension year here. If I'm Cleveland, there is no way in hell I'm giving him the extension that he's probably looking for. And then you have to look at Baker Mayfield and think, what is the next step for Baker Mayfield? Like, does he go to a team? Like, if he goes to another team, is he a starting caliber quarterback where he's going to have to compete for, you know, a starting quarterback position? Is he going to go to a team where he has where he has a starting position locked? Or is he going to go to a team where he has to be a backup? And that's what that, right. where he has to look for another opportunity. And that's kind of crazy to think about because just a year ago when the Browns were, you know, going right into the playoffs, we were talking about that extension and, and Baker Mayfield. We were having the franchise quarterback conversation with him. Right. And now it's kind of out the window. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think you're right. Because it's not just this season type of situation that this has turned into. It's the future now that's in question. And and I don't know what changed in 2021. Because, Scotty, the conversation we had before the season started about Baker was he took a step last year, right? We saw that clear as day. Now, but he wasn't able to make that play. He wasn't able to make the play in a crucial moment to get his team over the hump, to go out and win a game for his team when he needed to. That was what I was looking for this year. Not only did, did he not accomplish that, he took five steps back, five steps backwards. Scotty, like you can't play your team out of that game. You have a chance to still contend for your division, still contend for a wild yeah. card spot. I know that's a tough task to ask in Lambeau in December against Aaron Rodgers when he's playing spotless. You only lost by two points. Two points, man. So if you play a clean game. Think about how the outcome of that game could have been different. Yeah. I know that I know that's Monday morning quarterback. I know that's hindsight, right? But like you lost by two in a game in which you threw four picks. Yeah. If you don't do that, maybe you're on the other end of that win-loss column. And and that's why it's so frustrating, Dylan. You know, I can only imagine as a Browns fan, right? Like it's so frustrating because they only lose by two points to what we call right now the best team in the NFL. And that's with Baker Mayfield throwing four interceptions. That is just incredible. And you just think, you know, we talk about a clean game. If he just only throws three interceptions, if he only throws two interceptions, there's a good chance that they probably won that game. And that's that's the sorriest part about it, you know, for the Browns. So they, they got question marks moving forward. Obviously, the Packers, they're looking good. Um, Aaron Rodgers was hobbling around in that game. So it'll be interesting to see how that toe That toe's been an forward. issue, man. It's an issue, and it, you know what worries me with the Packers? It's not you know down this stretch if it gets re-injured or anything like that because I think it's just a week-to-week pain tolerance type of thing. But if in a playoff game, you know, hopefully they get the bye week because they're going to need it for his for his foot. 
Because if they get to a playoff game and he gets trampled on his foot right. one bad time and he has to go out of the game, they are in major trouble. I mean, we so, we've seen a glimpse of Jordan Love, right? We don't want to see that in the playoffs if you're a Packers fan. So um, they got to protect him at all costs. That that bye week is actually really important for them. For sure. I mean, you're talking about the MVP of the league right now, yeah. probably. So he's playing spotless, spotless football. You can't afford to lose him no matter who your backup is. And like you said, if he goes down, this team goes down. Yeah. So the green, the fans in Green Bay are praying that yeah. they lock up this number one seed. They are praying that they get the first round by, and they're praying that Aaron Rodgers uh, can can start every game of this postseason. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And it's funny what Jason says there. He says he thinks he's death retiring. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. He plays so well that I just, you know, he is a different person, so it's hard to predict what he would do. Um, part of me feels like he wants to go somewhere else and prove that he can win there. So mm -hmm. I, I could see that side of things, but I can also see the side Jason's portraying there. You you ever envision someone in, in another team, but like the aesthetic of it just doesn't, in your mind, you're like, nah, he can't go there, right? Like yeah. the, the team that I threw to you months ago and then I think would be perfect is Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh with that defense, yeah. with Najee Harris and some of those young weapons. Like, I'm not the biggest Juju Smith-Schuster fan. I can't stand Chase Claypool. But Deontay Johnson, like, they've got yeah. guys with Tomlin. Friermuth. Nice instant end. Super Bowl contenders Najee in Harris. the AFC. Nice defense. But, like, when you just picture Aaron Rodgers. And they could go and get Devontae Adams as well. Right. But picture Aaron Rodgers in, in black and, and gold. Does that, does that aesthetics, like, it just doesn't, you just think about it, and you're like, that can never happen. I hope it never happens. I don't, I don't want Aaron Rodgers on Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I do agree, though. I mean, it, it is a perfect situation. As Jason says down there, the dream scenario, not a dream scenario for me, per se, <laughs> but um, dream scenario for that that black and gold, for sure. And, you know, I mentioned there, they, they can go out and somehow get Devontae Adams to pair him up, and I... I would not put it past Devontae Adams for wanting to stay with Aaron Rodgers no matter where he goes. Why would you not want to go with that guy? So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But you mentioned MVP candidates, which uh, sparks my thoughts on this next game. We're going to talk about the Cards and the Colts. Um, you know, obviously the Colts get this W. We'll talk about how it affects Arizona and affects the Colts. But does, you know, not scoring, not getting that touchdown for Jonathan Taylor, does that hurt his MVP case despite him going over 100 yards rushing again? This was the worst, worst game for Jonathan Taylor right. in a very long time. <laughs> Still over he 100 did, yards. He didn't find the end zone. He, you know, rushed for over 100, but I think he ran the ball 27 or 28 times. Like the Cardinals held his per carry average low for standards for Jonathan Taylor this season. Yeah. So the Cardinals did a good job in, in that case, but you know, the quarterback was able to make plays and make plays when it mattered. And we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes, but right. as far as his MVP status goes, yes, Scotty, I think it does because if a non quarterback is going to win the MVP, your numbers have to be, you know, jumping off the page and not that they're not already, but we gave you, you know, his numbers last week before the Saturday game. Yeah. Well, nothing changed. You know, yeah, you added nothing in the touchdown column. You only added like 107, 108 yards to the total. So as far as his MVP, it's not right. It's probably not fair. The touchdown it, is what's truth. separating him. Right. If he, if he, if he tallies Points. over 20, 22 touchdowns with over 2000 total yards. Yeah. Like I said, that might not be fair. But it's how it is. He's a non-quarterback. That's yeah. extremely. That's an extremely difficult to uh, award to win if you're a non-quarterback. Did his team win the game? Yes. But Scotty, did they win the game because of Jonathan Taylor? No. Right. And that's and, how. That's what would propel him to winning that award. And and I wish I wish Jason was here last Thursday for this conversation that we had about this. Because you know, I, I get I get what Jason's saying here. He's the most important yeah. player to his team. He, that's, you know, if the Colts don't have Taylor, I'm I'm not going that far, man. Nah, <laughs> you can't. 
I, I'm looking because, at Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at the Packers. If the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers and they well, have Jordan it's any Love, team. That, that's the problem, Scotty. That's yeah. that. I, I don't. I'm not saying that he's not extremely important. I'm not saying that the Colts would be where they're at without Jonathan Taylor. They wouldn't. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Tom Brady and the Bucks, yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Subtract them from those teams, and those teams are nowhere near where they're at right now. So that yeah. conversation is very difficult to have because they're all the most valuable players to their respective teams. Right. So and that, it's, that, it's hard. It's, it's yeah, really hard. That, and that's it's, a hard, that's a hard, you know, statement to, to prove. It's so not speak, fair you either. You know, I, I get it. It's not fair to, you know, non QB players, but when it, in a sense, I, I get that it's not fair, but it is fair in a sense. Like, it is because quarterback is the, most, the important most important position in any professional sport. It's a fact. Yeah. No, 100%. I, I agree with you, but I think running backs are so undervalued. Definitely I undervalued. Agree. Definitely undervalued. But I think the other side of that argument is like when you see these teams with dominant running backs and they lose right. one. Like, like look at the Vikings, for instance, when they well, lose Dalvin I'll Cook and then Alexander you, Madison comes in and he dominates too. Like it just shows right. the – that there's not that much disparity between right. the Well, look the at the Eagles. Like, the Eagles had the number one rushing attack in football. Is that because of the running back, or is that because of the offensive line and the scheme and everything like that? And and Jalen Hurts helping that out. So I agree. See, that that's – I can't you look go at Aaron there. Rodgers' numbers yeah. last season. You have to look at his numbers. Because Aaron Rodgers' numbers were so freaking ridiculous – like, I think Derrick Henry, if he put up those numbers, like, if Jonathan Taylor puts up those numbers like Derrick Henry, the 2,000-plus yes. yards, 20-plus yes. touchdowns this year. And I think he's deserving. I think he is the MVP. If they can eclipse, what what are they right now, 9 and 6? They can hit 10, 11 wins this season. I think he can be the MVP. I just, you know, when you look to last season, Aaron Rodgers had such a crazy year. 40-plus touchdowns, like less than like this, 10 interceptions. It was like maybe even less than five interceptions, if I'm not wrong. There. Oh, it was. It was. But and this over 4,000 passing yards. I think, yes. I, I yeah, think that's they exactly are undervalued. I, because I, I think so that's a great point. Because what's not replaceable in this league? A franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. You know what is replaceable? A really good running back. Yeah, exactly. That's I, I get it, Jason. I, I do. I just... I think when you're when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers having statistically one of his best career years last season, and then you look at Derrick Henry, who has you know a great running back year. It's a great running back year, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, if we're talking about top two, top right. three performances in his career as far as a regular season, that's going to always outvalue. That's what, Henry yeah, exactly. Season. If like, a that's just back, my opinion, but I, if I, a running back has the effect that. Derrick Henry had last year or Taylor has this year and puts up those types of numbers and a quarterback isn't blowing, you know, them out of the race because of his numbers. That's what Aaron Rodgers did last year. Right. But in the year that Adrian Peterson won or that Sean Alexander won back in what? Oh, five. I don't know what quarterbacks numbers were that yeah. year or records like that. I have to go back and look, but they may have won because their numbers were so astronomical and no quarterback, you know, yeah put out a crazy case to win it. If there's any, if there's ever a year where a quarterback's going off and their team's extremely successful, the quarterback is going to win that battle 10 yeah. times out of 10. It might not be fair, but that's how the award, that's how the award goes. And I would argue Jonathan Taylor probably has a better chance than Derrick Henry had last season at this time. Like yeah, Jonathan Taylor right now has a better chance just because Aaron Rodgers numbers are, are down pedestrian, right? right compared to his standard of his right. career. You have national media arguing for the fact that Jonathan Taylor should right. be in the race and should win the award. But that's like part of it, you know, is the historical part is like, oh my God, like Jonathan Taylor's going to win MVP and Derrick Henry didn't, right? Like, yeah. it sucks when you think of it that way. And I, and, you know, I get where Jason's coming from. So I, I definitely respect it, Jason. But um, just, just keeping it moving, you know, staying with the game, <laughs> but keeping it moving here. We got stuck on the MVP combo there for a little bit. Um, you mentioned it a little bit. You kind of, you know, subliminally mentioned it, but Carson Wentz made some great throws down the stretch in this game. Obviously had some questionable decisions early on. Mm -hmm. there, every quarterback does. I, I mean, I, I, 
that's that's another thing, Dylan. You know, and I, I've realized it as I'm like grading Jalen Hurts week to week is every single missed throw, it's like, oh, there's one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we gotta stop doing this because every quarterback makes bad throws, every quarterback makes bad decisions from time to time. It's just about how much you can minimize those from game mm-hmm. to game. So I, I, I do just want to throw that out there. I know that I think it's like this era of social media and being overly critical every week from play to play. And, and we all just think we're coaches. But um, Wentz looked great. Like, let's not hide from it. He looked better than Kyler Murray in a sense. Um, Kyler Murray started out the game hot, had like a 57-yard rush, but uh, definitely slowed down. The Colts defense started to kick in. And um, ultimately, Carson Wentz just made the plays he had to make down the stretch. But um, I want I want to get your thoughts just on Kyler Murray versus Carson Wentz in this game. Carson outplayed him. Carson yeah. made plays when he needed to make plays for his team down the stretch to win. Kyler didn't, and it's it's very interesting, Scotty, because Carson Wentz isn't a fan favorite anymore. Carson Wentz is actually right. the, the total polar opposite yeah. <laughs> of a fan favorite anymore, right? For a lot of people, and everyone loves Kyler. Kyler. Because since he lost D Hop, looks completely pedestrian. No one talks about it. Yeah. Carson, who does Carson Wentz have to throw the ball to, Scotty? Michael Pittman, Pascal, T.Y. Hilton every seven weeks when he finally gets on the field. <laughs> right. But no one wants to talk about that. That throw that he made, very few quarterbacks can make that throw. He has been so damn good this year. And it's not getting recognized, and that's fine. But it is it is ironic, though, because his two worst games is what could cost him a division title. Not even his worst games, because that overtime Tennessee game was maybe his best game of the freaking year until two minutes left or five minutes left, and he just had a complete and utter meltdown twice in yeah. the final minutes and over and overtime period of that game. So it is ironic how Carson Wentz has been so good and I think they've won, what, five in a row? They've won a handful of games now in a row um, yeah. and beating quality teams down the stretch. They're coming yeah. off a New England win and then a Cardinals win on the road down also the stretch here, right? Dismantled the Bills as well. Right. That stretch. Exactly. But no one talks about it, Scotty. It is weird. It's weird, man. Um, obviously, because it's we, fun to hate them for people. We it's know why in Philly, though, right? Like, we know why in Philly, but, like, why is national media like that? You know what I mean? Like – any other season, we would be kind of debating with this team. Now, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's been, like, overwhelmingly good. But I feel like any other season, if this was a different quarterback, we would be discussing who is the the more valuable player with that team, right? Like, if you look at Carson's numbers, they are pretty excellent. He's under 10 interceptions. He's, he's six. Not 25 a, touchdowns. Six, six interceptions. interceptions. So, could use a little more touchdowns, obviously. But overall, right. Carson Wentz has been great. Um, you know, it, it's not talked about at all, but I think as we get closer to the playoffs, as we see them in the playoffs, it's going to have to be talked about. And excuse me, I'm, I've been drinking a beer, man. It's making me burp. So awful. <laughs> um, no, as we, uh, as we, get without closer, me? <laughs> as we get closer to the play, I have to get ready for this KD infused night of Brooklyn there versus Philly. So I got to be, you know, a little intoxicated for that, but, um, you know, it, as we look at the Colts, man, I, I think the conversation is going to arise, uh, especially if the Colts and the Eagles make the playoffs. It's definitely going to arise in Philadelphia. I know it's going to happen. Um, but we're going to start talking about where Jalen Hurts has kind of taken the Eagles, where where Carson Wentz has been able to guide the Colts. And it's going to be an interesting conversation because both quarterbacks have been better than expected, I think you could say, right? Like As of right now, it's teams. worked out. Well, for both parties, exactly. Both parties are in the playoff mix. Both parties seem to be playing well over the last, you know, in December. You know, so as of right now, it seems like for both sides, it was the correct thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I did like see that, that comeback player of the year, but then somebody else is going to argue Dak. So that's another interesting conversation. Well, let's call it what it is. And I don't mean to be an asshole, but dot Dak's. Dak's coming off a gruesome injury. That plays a factor into it. Right. Carson's coming off of, you know, worst season ever. You know, people, him getting ran out of Philly or he didn't want to come back to Philly. Everything and everything that went into that situation. 
I don't know. Well, I don't know which one is is more deserving. They both make a case, yeah. but I'd say that definitely the sympathetic jury leans towards Dak's side. Yeah, because you look at the gruesome injury that he suffered. Um, which I would I would love. You know, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and compare wins. We're not going to go back down that road, but. Um, I would love to see Wentz's year after he came back from the ACL, just his totals. I know he didn't play the whole season. I know he, you know, Nick Foles ended up coming back and taking the reins, but um, I would love to see the statistical matchup of that. Just, just curiosity. I'm not saying that Wentz was possibly better. Um, most likely it wasn't, but um, it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I like Don calling that out because it's something that hasn't really crossed my mind with Wentz. But no, me neither. Um, you know, thinking about it from perspective of him getting benched last year, having such a you know a career high in turnovers, and then going to a different team, leading them to the playoffs, and obviously playing really good. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think what we could say about the Colts right now. That's a team in the AFC you do not want to play. Yeah, like no. Tennessee has beat them twice. No. You don't want to see them in the playoffs, Tennessee. No. None, of, none of those teams want to see the Colts in the playoffs. They have a really good defense. They have a sturdy run game. And they have a quarterback, you know, not everybody will want to admit, but can make all the throws. Right. And now, that's what makes them a super dangerous team. Carson comes out to play in the playoffs, that's TBD, we'll right? See. We'll see. And as a former, you know, huge supporter of this dude – I'm going to be keeping an extremely close eye on the Colts games in the playoffs because it's something I craved for so long to see in Philadelphia and I never got to see was Carson Wentz leading a team in the postseason. We didn't get the Super Bowl year. We didn't get in 2018, and he got knocked out within the first two possessions of 2019. You know how sick I I was, man? It's intriguing to see it. I went I went to that game against the Seahawks. Throws my balls off all day. Fucking so sick, man. Like... And it was like probably a couple series afterwards where I'm like, yo, where the hell is Carson at? And then all of a sudden, I didn't know it either. You see it flash up on the screen, Carson head injury out, and I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, I'm gonna go this whole game against Seattle with fucking Josh McCown at quarterback. Um, Yeah, I I always wanted to see Wentz because he always struck me as a guy like in the biggest moments. He might make that play, like, and 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 that's what I always wanted to find out about him. Unfortunately, we never got to see it in Philly, mm-hmm. but we will see it this year in Indy. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy, I think it'll be cool. It will be the, cool. He played enough, and they're going to make the playoffs for the Eagles to get that first round pick. Now, I know as Eagles fans, we probably shouldn't be hoping that you know they get a higher seed or they make a run because then that lowers the pick for the Eagles first round. But it will be cool to see what he can do in a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. And also at the same time, if we're lucky enough to make the playoffs, what Jalen Hurts and this team can do, and we get playoff football in Philadelphia yeah. again, so it, it'll be cool to keep an eye on. Win-win, definitely right. cool to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely, and I think it's something that we've thrown out there all season, but definitely rooting for Carson. I'm not in the the camp, and I know you're not. I know Gent's not. I know a lot of people at DSM are not in that camp of you know disrespecting Wentz, saying these personal no. remarks. I, I mean, I know he got put on the COVID list. Nobody's wishing ill will to Wentz. I don't care if he's vaccinated or not. And I hate, I hate that argument, dude. Like, is he right there at this point with every, with everyone almost in all four leagues and all three leagues going on the COVID list, there is no right or wrong anymore with this thing. They like, yes, are there the dumbass like, conspiracy theories? Right. Are there political, you know, the it shouldn't be political. There should, exactly. shouldn't be any dumbass Keep conspiracy of, theories about the, the vaccine. Sport. But like, how, oh, Wentz is a vaccine. He's on the COVID list. 98% of the league's in on the COVID list. Like, <laughs> like what? It's just another thing, you know, to pick on Wentz. I'm, I'm, I won't participate in it, but what we can say is, you know, good luck to Wentz, good luck to the mm-hmm. Colts. I got nothing against that over Scotty, you know what's so funny? We'll see how it plays out. We are 34 minutes into the show, and we still are on the We are on the Saturday I know. games I know. next <laughs> week. We have to cover Sunday slate. <laughs> we have to cover this week's slate. Holy shit. To to be fair, we had some extra storylines with those other games, which is maybe why they were scheduled on that slate in the first slate. Uh, but let you're right. Let's get into some of the Sunday action. Um, the first one I wanted to mention, uh, just off the top of my mind, was the Bengals and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Bengals came out. They dominated the Ravens 41-21. to Second time this season where they have blown the smoke off the Ravens. And, um, you know, looking across the season, obviously they're 2-0 against the Ravens. They have control of that division now. Joe Burrow, my man, like 37-46, 525 yards passing, 
four passing touchdowns. Obviously, Joe Mixon had a day. Uh, it seemed like everybody was having a day on Cincinnati. Um, T. Higgins, my God, 12 receptions, 194 yards, whoa! and a touchdown. Yeah, whoa, what the fuck? They, these guys went off. It's like they had the bone to pick with uh, Baltimore. You saw the comments about Joe Burrow. Uh, I believe it was from the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, basically saying, "Don't go," you know, in you, enrolling him in or you know, you enrolling him in the ass Hall of Fame shrine, right? This guy, I mean, we, we can say whatever we want about Joe Burrow. It's probably too early to talk about Hall of Fame, but this guy's really, really good. He's in the top top five yeah. of quarterbacks that you want on your roster going yeah. forward. Like, but let's that's just salt. Like, no one was talking about putting, giving this dude the jacket. No one was talking about putting this dude in the Hall of Fame. Like, you're just salty, bro, because he just went wild just all went over your wild. defense. And Joe Burrow said, or they asked him, you know, what did that have any input on your decision to keep going after the Ravens in that game? And he said, maybe. And just kind of smirked, man. Yeah. And that's what I love about Here, him, bro. He gave, he gave him a nice <laughs> smack in the face. <laughs> that's what I love about him, man. But um, we see the Bengals take control of that division. Yeah. Um, the Ravens obviously have dropped a few in a row here. Few, uh, They had a few close ones before this game, but obviously this was the turning point. Lamar and Huntley were out, so they obviously they were out their two uh, top quarterbacks. Any takeaways from this game aside, you know, from obviously Joe Burrow just being really good? I mean, obviously, playoff picture-wise, I think it just moved the Bengals into, you know, into winning that in into winning the AFC North. I can't speak right now. My mind's all over the place. But I the on the opposite end, I think the Ravens are in trouble, dude. I know, obviously, Lamar is still questionable to play this week. He practiced last week or practiced yesterday, and then today he, you know, was limping around and wasn't a participant. They are in deep, deep trouble to even make the playoffs this year, Scotty. That's another team that had high Super Bowl, AFC Championship type of contention. There, there it is. The Bengals nine and six. The Ravens down at eight and seven. It's still they're still right in the mix. But if Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not healthy enough to perform. They are in deep, deep shit. So I don't think anything yeah. from the Bengals side, yes, they were firing on all cylinders. But I think the Ravens just dug their that dug themselves a few feet deeper. 100 percent And you know, it's 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 gonna be a very strenuous task for the Ravens to get out of this hole. Now, obviously, they have some help because the Bengals go into next week, they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So that kind of stinks for the Bengals, but still, you look at them. Uh, they have the tiebreakers over the Ravens. Uh, you look at the Browns, the Steelers. They both just took huge L's. And um, it seems like the Bengals are in the driver's seat right now. All they need to do is really win one of their last two games, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to win their division. So I think so. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to come out on Sunday. It's going to be the Bengals and Chiefs, and that's kind of the – the games that I was looking at, you know, going into next season, which I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in, a little bit later. But just just thinking about the Bengals as a whole, the Ravens, it sucks because the Ravens dropping two of those to the Bengals, they're they're most likely not going to be able to win this division with without holding that tiebreaker. But it seems like Joe Burrow owns Baltimore, so I, I want to throw that out there. This team's fun, man, they're Scott. Fun, and, man. and you mentioned the matchup this weekend, which you said, you know, it's a shame. I know the Chiefs are red hot, and if I had to pick gun to my head right now, I'd probably pick Kansas City to win this game. But that's not a lock. Like, this is a great – I love the timing of this matchup because, like you said, the Bengals can still just go one and one and they'll still win their division. Right. I'm almost 100% sure because the Ravens won't be able to catch them uh, tiebreaker-wise, even if the Ravens, Ravens play won the both. Rams this weekend too, so most right. likely a loss. This team is so ahead of schedule; they're so young offensively. Now they can just they can just focus, Scotty, in future drafts and free agency on the defensive side of the ball and get better on that side and invest in their offensive line. Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Like you can throw him in the mix as well as a nice slot, yeah. a nice number three on that team. They're so ahead of schedule. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs because of this guy, like Jason is saying. They are going to be a tough out in the playoffs because of him. And I love the timing of this Week 17 matchup because it's going to be a test for both teams that are ascending right now heading into the playoffs. And it's it'll give one of them a confidence boost. 
Like it, one of them, you know, if, if the Bengals can win this game, their confidence is going to be through the freaking yeah. roof heading into the postseason. And Scotty, they could be fighting for that number two seed or so because, you know, the Titans drop on the Titans win. The Titans drop on the Bengals win. You know, they have the same record. And depending on however the metrics work, because the metrics are just too confusing for me. Um, you know, however the Cowboys, if you were watching the red zone last weekend, they were explaining how the Cowboys could lock up the NFC East uh, before they even played or whatever uh, because of a strength of opponent. I'm like, how the hell does this go into it? Like, it makes zero sense. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah. The only thing that confuses me is like the the tiebreakers versus strength of schedule. You know what I mean? Like, how does that Dude. weigh out? But. We'll we'll kind of just see how it plays out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna frustrate myself to, uh, around it, but um, it, it is interesting. You talk about Tennessee and, and just looking at the top of that AFC um, playoff race right now. The Bengals, if if it matched up today, would play the Patriots, which I don't know who you're taking in that game. I the way the Patriots have looked the last few weeks, yeah. You know, I was so high on them like two three weeks ago. The way they've looked the last few weeks, I'd probably go with the Bengals. I'm going to go with they the got better smacked in the mouth the last two weeks. Joe Barrow is just extremely hot right now, and playing a hot young quarterback quarterback like that, it's hard to bet against them, dude. Which so. uh, Tennessee, interesting enough. So there's two sides to that game with the Bengals and the Chiefs. So obviously, if the Bengals can win, you knock the Chiefs down. They have five losses there. Um, the Titans could potentially win on Sunday if they beat the Miami Dolphins, which is a huge matchup again, by the way. Um, oh. They would actually move – they should actually move to the number one seed over the Chiefs if they were to win um, just because they did they, – they blew the doors off the Chiefs earlier in the season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, whereas if the, if the Titans lose, the Bengals win, Bengals could move into that second seed, like you said there. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Jason, Jason has the uh, calling the a shot now. We'll give him, okay. give him a little applause for the pick. We'll remember that for sure. Exactly. Bengals are going to go to the AFC Championship. I'm calling it now. I like it. You look um, at their offense. I mean, who has? I mean, aside from the Chiefs, maybe the Bills. Who has a better offense on paper than the than the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC? No one. Outside of those two teams, and you could argue. Better than the Bills. Go down the line. I mean, the Chiefs are obviously so high-powered when healthy, so no one's at top of them when you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. But you could argue they have more offensive weapons than the Bills do. Obviously, yeah. I know as of right now, we would rank Josh Allen ahead of ahead of Joe Barrow. I know Maybe. you have Stephon Diggs on that team. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, Dylan. Maybe. It's a combo now. I, I mean – that's that's something I want to ask you, and maybe we'll talk about it in the offseason, but where does Joe Burrow fall on this list of quarterbacks? Because I don't I'm know, looking man. around the league, and I'm looking at, you know, Justin Herbert. Obviously, we love Mahomes. Um, Josh Allen's of the world, Lamar Jackson's of the world, and I'm looking at Joe Burrow, and I'm like, it's a conversation with every single one of these guys because I know, you know, Joe Burrow has some nice young weapons out there in Cincinnati. Look at what Justin Herbert's working with in L.A. Like, he's got weapons in L.A. These these guys got weapons around the league. We're not going to sit here and, right. and spit that card out. If so. you're talking building building a roster, you're you're going to go youth, right? Like, yeah. take Brady and Rodgers out, yeah. yeah. like, out of the scenario. It's Mahomes and Barrow? Like, Mahomes is number one. Let's just throw that out there, number one. It's funny because – it, it would be Mahomes, and then you have I – I guess you have, like, this foursome here, what I would look at it as, of Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, and um, Josh Allen. That's That would be probably right. top four off the top I mean, of my head as far as young quarterbacks, but I, I, would, I do need to go and look at the list, obviously. I mean, Dak and Lamar you can throw out there as well, but – I'm I'm picking all of those guys over those two. I'm not going to lie agree. to you. I Kyler, agree. Kyler's name would be thrown out there, but Joe Barrow – Man, what I would do to get Joe Burrow. Yeah. In the, in the <laughs> We're over here fantasizing over yeah. Joe Burrow right now. Um, just two other games I want to just touch on, and then we can kind of just give an overview as we look ahead to week 17. Um, Rams versus Vikings. Obviously, the Rams were able to take care of business for us, the Eagles, right? Um, beat the Vikings 30-23, to 23, which ultimately helped out the Philadelphia Eagles, as we all know, um, putting them up in that seventh spot to move ahead of Minnesota. 
um, Matthew Stafford once again struggled in this game, but the Rams mm-hmm. sh- showed a new side where they can win while their quarterback struggles, and that was interesting to Whoa. see. It, it is amazing. It is amazing that that can be done, right? Um, the Rams were able to finally, you know, pull one out, even though Matthew Stafford did turn the ball over a lot. He had three interceptions in this game. Uh, but Sony Michelle, 27 carries, 131 yards on the ground, and one touchdown. Don't talk to me about Sony Michelle. <laughs> All the Daryl Henderson people out there, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I know he got beat yeah. up early. Um, and Michelle had the game of his life, but <laughs> he did. He did. I'm still, help I'm still in the championship, so don't worry. I'm still in the championship. <laughs> um, obviously, also, uh, Justin Jefferson continues to do his thing over 100 receiving yards. Kirk Cousins, over 300 passing yards, only one touchdown, one interception. Um, but ultimately, the Rams secured that victory, which was great for the Eagles, as I mentioned. Um, other game we're looking at, we've kind of glossed over it a little bit as we've been talking today, but. Bills over the Pats, thirty-three to twenty-one. One. Yeah, that's that's the biggest one when we're talking about upper-class playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, just switching around. Obviously, the Bills are at the head of the division right now. We moved the Patriots all the way down to the sixth seed. Which, which go ahead. Oh man, which <laughs> if you go back and listen to me, you and Gint talk. I know Gint picked them to uh, pick the Bills to win on Sunday, but go back to our discussions last week about this Bills team. You know, underachieving and. And, you know, possibly being the seven seed or not making the playoffs at all if they lose this game. Uh, sorry. Like, that's the best I can do. For sorry for doubting you. Uh, Stefan Diggs had a few choice words for New England fans as he scored. Um, yeah, that was, that was a laughable take of me because now this team is not only most likely going to win their division, um, they are looking at quite possibly the number two or three seed in the AFC. Right. Which is so. it's quite crazy, right? And and you look at um we we kind of talked about it leading into this game, and as you mentioned, Gent did pick um the Bills to win that, and ultimately they would win the division if they won that game. And I I totally one hundred percent agreed. If they won that game, they would win the division. Um, I believe they got the Atlanta Falcons, and then they it, it is it is New very easy for them. It is Atlanta Falcons and Jets. Of course, I got 900 teams written down with their remaining schedule, and I don't have the Buffalo Bills right now. So. It's it's the Falcons and Jets. So they got okay. the Falcons this week, and then the Jets the final week. So right. obviously, if we're 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 going to assume here that the Bills will take care of those games, um, which is interesting because the Falcons are still technically in the playoff picture, but the Bills could totally knock them out at this point, um, which I do expect them to do. So the Bills look like they got that division locked up all of a sudden. So what a what a change of scenery, right? Um, and the Patriots, it'll be interesting to see them playing from that under that underdog role. Now they they kind of got their their heads chopped off by the Bills now, and they're in the bottom tier of the yeah. AFC so, playoffs. So I just want to hit on two quick games, um, and yeah. the three teams are in the AFC um, AFC West division before we move on here. A obviously the Raiders beat Denver seventeen thirteen. Uh, that's big for them because obviously I think if if we looked at the two seven and seven both in the hunt last week. I think we all took Las Vegas a little more seriously than we took the Denver Broncos starting yeah. Drew Locke in his playoff picture. And uh, Vegas with two games left have kind of, they've kept themselves right in that hunt. They have like Miami's ahead of them right now. Miami has Tennessee and then new England to finish up the year. The Raiders just as difficult have the Colts and the chargers mm. ahead of them. And the chargers had the Broncos and the Raiders. So that final spot in the AFC um, is going to be extremely difficult. And I didn't even mention the other eight and seven team, the Ravens. They got the Rams and the Steelers to finish. So that seven seed in the AFC wild card is going to be really key to keep an eye on. And that that one team that I alluded to, they should be banned from the league for the final two weeks. They at they should have their playoff card revoked. They should not have a chance to make the playoffs. You can hear the pain. As a man who bet heavily on the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday, um, my God, I'm, I don't even know if I have the words to put together to talk about that game, but you do you want to explain to me how you allowed Davis Mills and Rex freaking Burkhead to drop 41 on your heads. You are fighting for a playoff spot. Just when I think, Scotty, I, I understand sports pretty well. 
I think I know my football a bit, right? Now, throw it out the window. Like, let, <laughs> laugh at me, dude, because my God, how does that defense, how does the LA Chargers defense compete with the Chiefs of the world? They beat the Chiefs earlier this year. How do they compete with top tier teams? They smoked the Bengals a couple weeks ago when those two teams were fighting for playoff seeding. And you let up 41 points to the Houston Texans. You should be banned from the NFL <laughs> for the last two weeks of the season. 100% Dylan. And you know, you know that I have had this relationship with the chargers all season. This on because and off I love Justin Herbert. I really do, but he stunk too. He did. He did. And that's the ultimate reason why they lost. Now, obviously the defense gave up 41 points, but Justin Herbert turning the football over does not help. And that's the type of carelessness you don't want to see from your young quarterback. So down the stretch during this season, I expected the Chargers to – well, I shouldn't say the Chargers. I expected the Justin Herbert to elevate this team, not detract them, not bring that team down. It's so been a common theme of this episode. It has course, been. Yeah. It has been. And uh, it's an interesting conversation. Obviously, we, we hold Justin Herbert very highly, but the Chargers really needed to win that game. And now as we look down the stretch – Obviously, the Chargers still have a really good chance to get in, as you just mentioned. The you know this this upcoming schedules for the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Ravens, but it's like, do they deserve to get in the playoffs after blowing some of these games that they blown? No. That's not the only game that they've blown this season. They've they've blown quite a few. So you know, as as we look down this list, not a ton of these teams deserve to get in the playoffs. And you know what's funny, and it and this will crucify the Eagles as well because obviously they're in that seventh seventh wild card spot. Why the hell do we have that many teams in the playoffs? And and I think that's what we're seeing right now is like there's so many teams viable for that seventh seed in the in each conference that it's kind of just bringing it's going to bring one of these teams that in reality do not deserve to make the playoffs into the playoffs. And some could say that about the Eagles now. If the Eagles go and screw past the 49ers, you can't say that. But right. obviously, you know, it, just looking down the stretch here, it, it looks like there's just so many teams in the playoff hunt, such tough schedules leading down the stretch that, you know, the seventh seed, has it made it more interesting? I guess so. I guess in a sense it's worked. But in, in the other it's, side it's, of it, it is a bad team in the playoffs. It is interesting because if if some of these teams at the bottom of the list here win out, they've all won 10 games. Right. So it's hard to say that, but you're right. When you talk like just the inconsistency through some of these playoff teams, I just don't understand it. it. But but that this is the game that I can't get over. Like it's the Houston Texans, dude. It's Davis Mills and Rex Burkhead, and you couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense. It it was one maybe one of the worst losses of the year. I mean, you can argue obviously the Cardinals losing to the Lions. The Bills lost to the Jags earlier in the year. But this is just as bad in terms of cannot happen. Like as Sixers fans, we sit here and we're like, how how do you lose to the Atlanta Hawks missing eight guys? How do you lose to the Houston Texans when you're fighting for a playoff spot? So it's it's ridiculous. It is, man. And I had them as my my lock of the week as well, by the way. So Shout out to me. That's for where I went wrong. Being that's a clown. Went, went, that's where I went wrong. Putting money on Scotty's lock is 110% <laughs> where I went wrong. All right, Dylan. Let's uh, let's get into some of this week 17 action. Oh, we can now? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that really quickly here. Obviously, uh, we're getting close to that hour mark. Obviously, got the Sixers ready to take all take Here's on what the, I can uh, do for the you. Brooklyn Nets. Here's what I can do for you. I, I'll go down my list of every game this week that has playoff implications, and yeah. we can just kind of real quick kind of glance over them or just pick a few that we're really keeping an eye on. Obviously, anything that involves the Eagles, for the most part, we are keeping uh, for sun, okay. for strictly for Sunday. But here are the games that stuck out to me for uh, the playoff implications. You got Miami versus Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee fighting for, to keep hold of their AFC South title, Miami fighting to keep hold of that seven seed. You got the Raiders versus the Colts. The Colts really need to continue to pile up win, not only to try to win their division in the final two weeks, but to not slip below that number five seed. And the Raiders are on the outside of the playoff hunt looking in. They need a win desperately. The Rams and the Ravens. Obviously, when you look at the Rams, only one game ahead of the Cardinals this this uh, year right now. 
they're still fighting to win the the NFC West. And then you have the uh, Ravens on the outside of the AFC looking in. Broncos Chargers, same thing. Both teams on the outside looking in. Not so much for the Broncos in this game, but the Chargers, you, you lose this game, forget it. Your, your playoff hopes are done. You're most likely eliminated this week if you lose to your division uh, rival. Cardinals, Cowboys. Scotty, this game is a big one because the Cowboys are still in play. They can fall anywhere from two to four, and they're still technically fighting to leap Green Bay if Green Bay could kind of slip up in the final two weeks here. And then the Cardinals, same thing, still trying to win their division. So they need a win this week as well. Vikings, Packers, obviously we'll save that for Sunday. And then Browns, Steelers, two teams on the outside looking in. That one is kind of last on the totem pole. Neither team looking to really have a chance, but you never do know when Tua and the Dolphins are that seven seed. Anything can happen down there. Yeah, no, I I thought you hit hit them all in the head there. Um, those are going to be the games that you're going to want to keep your eyes glued to. Um, if you're curious who's going to make the playoffs this year, because these are major playoff implications, and we'll we'll probably you know well not probably we will definitely uh, get into the exact scenario that will lock the Eagles a playoff yeah. position on Sunday. Um, so definitely keep your eyes glued for that. You want to tune in with us on Sunday, and I believe Dylan right we're we're even considering, you know, getting fans and listeners involved. Yes, show, yes, so. yes. So anyone that is watching right plug. now, obviously, if you want to comment on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, we will get as many as your comments up. Come hang out with us. Come have a drink with us if you want to start early, because I know I will be uh, needing to get through that game somehow on Sunday. But come <laughs> hang out with us. But we will also be dropping the link for the StreamYard. You can pop in. Hang out with us for a few minutes. Talk about the Eagles-Washington game, playoff situation. Ask us any questions about this game, whatever you have on your mind. Pop in, hang out with us. I want to make it just a huge Eagles pregame show. Biggest one of the year, biggest one of the week, um, with a chance to lock up a playoff spot. And for uh, all of our DSM media or Turf Talk fans out there, if the Eagles are um, you know, capable of locking up the spot, if they do lock up a playoff spot, stay you know, locked into at DSM underscore media on Twitter because there could be a very nice giveaway um, coming soon if the Eagles are able to lock up a playoff spot this week. 100%. So just just a great opportunity to plug everything we got going on over at DSM Media. Um, huge Sunday, right? Like, wait, this, right. this is everything for Wake us. Wake up. So. What, what else are you doing? 10 a.m. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying 12 p.m. 10 a.m. Wake up. You're pumped up for the game. Come hang out with us. Hit us in the comments. Join the show. Have a mimosa. Have a beer. Have whatever the hell you want to drink. Screen fuck Washington football. Whatever right. Whatever you want to say. There's no. We, we don't. <laughs> we don't center here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, you you hit the the nail in the head there, Dylan. You had us covered with all the matchups there, and I'm I'm looking forward to this Sunday's action. Obviously, we will uh, detail um, the key matchups that detail into the Eagles situation. So. As Dylan mentioned, we will get into that Minnesota-Green Bay game on mm -hmm. Sunday. We'll get into a little bit of the New Orleans game um, and go around the league somewhat like that. But most of the time, oh, we'll be spent. By the way, before we wrap football. up, Ian Book. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I tell dude. you, man, the dude don't know how to throw it. Just throw it out of bounds, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh, my goodness. What a dreadful uh, game to bet on. Dylan, before we get out of here, let's update our uh, top five NFL yeah. power rankings, and yeah, then we, we can scoot it. on out of here and watch this game. Um, updated power rankings. So let me get this off the screen here. How do you want to do it? We, we do it different every single week. So. Yeah, it depends. It's a time crunch. It's, it's, <laughs> depends if we got time or we don't. Right now, we're trying to get out of here. So Let's just list them out. Let's yeah, list them man. out. I got number go – yeah, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. All right, I got you. So – my list doesn't look too different from last week's. I won't lie to you. That's why I didn't want to spend too much time on it this week. Um, number five, I got the Rams, 11-4, and four, um, for obvious reasons. They're starting to turn it around. Mm -hmm. I mentioned they were able to get that W without Matthew Stafford playing his best ball. That's a good sign for the future. Uh, number four, I do have the Dallas Cowboys at 11-4. and four. Hate to do it, obviously. They they came out this week and dismantled the Washington football team. Wish I had a goddamn boo button over here. <laughs> <laughs> makes you wonder you know are, are the um are the is the washington football team falling apart right like where are they at in their season obviously covid's derailed them but 
they had some of their guys back and they got dismantled by the Cowboys. Cowboys look good. Uh, number three, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're 11 and four. They dismantled the Carolina Panthers this past weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm always going to side with the goats. So that what, that's what kind of puts me, puts them over the Rams and the, the Cowboys for me is the fact that they have Tom Brady. So that's where I'm starting <laughs> and finishing there. Um, number two, I got the Kansas city chiefs at 11 and four. Um, they've won what eight in a row now. They, their defense continues to look great. They blew the Steelers out nine. nine, nine in a row now. So sitting at eleven and four, they're number one in the AFC. Nah, most likely going to run away with I that. I think it's eight. It's eight. You're correct. Okay, so so eight in a row. Regardless, a lot in a row. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kansas City at number two, number one in the AFC, and then number one, obviously Green Bay Packers sitting at twelve and three. They are getting these close wins, but at the end of the day, they are wins at. And uh, you do have Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. Just hope he can stay healthy with that foot injury. We do this every week, man. But the the only difference, I have the same top five. The only difference is I have the Rams and the Cowboys swapped. I am giving Dallas some credit this week. They did make my top five list heading into week 17, but I will not give them the uh, upper hand over the LA Rams because I think if the two met head-to-head, I would take the Rams in that matchup. So, yeah, I have Cowboys five, Rams four, uh, Bucks three, Chiefs two. The I mean, I can't believe we ever counted them out after five I weeks know. of playing. Um, and then the Green Bay Packers, number one. Um, but the, what I love about this playoff picture, Scotty, what I love about this season so far and what's going to make for a fun postseason is not only are there a lot of teams still fighting to get in, you can't look at a team or two at, at the top and be like, you know, Super Bowl favorites. Like I like them. Right. I don't know if I like the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Rams. What if you know? Obviously, the Cardinals kind of take that back seat now because of the D Hop injury. But yeah. any of those teams, obviously, Dallas is scary. What if the Bills continue to ascend and the Birds, dude? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one, but I I, I hear you. Um, yeah. It is it, the playoffs are interesting because even just looking specifically at that NFC uh, slate, a lot of division matchups. If everything stays the same where it is right now, so you got the Rams and the 49ers who would match up in the first round, and then obviously the Cowboys and the Eagles. Anything can happen in those division matchups. I don't oh, care what anybody says. So give it to um, me. I don't care either. Yeah, give it to me. If we get embarrassed by Dallas on the national, so field, be it, it, bro. It is. So be it. Then Jalen Hurts and company take it on the chin, and that's that. But the upside, me. the upside yeah. of a Jalen Hurts led Eagles team knocking the Cowboys out of the playoffs yeah. is worth way too compared much to us me. just losing by expectations. Like that's fine. I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> We made the playoffs with three upcoming draft picks and cap, and cap space. We'll see what the hell happens. But, yeah, man, obviously we're going to keep all that on hold for Sunday. Guys, for sure. come hang out with us 10 a.m. live here on DSM Media on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch account and live on Scotty and mine's Twitter accounts because Twitter wants to keep being a pain in the ass and not let yeah. us stream from the DSM media account for whatever freaking reason they don't know Streamyard doesn't know. So this is how we have to do it from now on. If you want to interact with us, drop a comment on our Facebook, Twitch or, or YouTube account. And we'll also be dropping the link for you guys to come in, hang out on the stream with us. Uh, if you want to show your face, feel free. I know some people don't want to, you don't have to turn your camera on. You can just use uh, the audio um, and talk to us just as if it would be a normal phone call. So, Come hang out with us Sunday morning and get ready for the Eagles to clinch a playoff spot. Scotty, anything else? No, um, obviously we're, we're going to do some house cleaning before we get out of here. But uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm sitting here watching. Sorry if I was distracted. I'm watching the Sixers start here. Um, <laughs> who you got tonight in the Sixers game? Damn it. Be honest. Be honest, I got the Nets. Hurt me. <laughs> hurt, hurt me. I do have the Nets. Um, I feel you. I hear you. Kyrie will be back soon, obviously, which is is definitely scary. But off to a good start, five to two. Um, let's let's get out of here though. Let's yeah, get our man. house clean and done. Um, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Obviously, we appreciate you here at DSM Media with the new year coming up. Definitely want to shout you guys out. Oh, everybody that listens, go ahead, Dylan. I'll let you plug. We got one more thing coming, I, and this is a work in progress. Not everything is set in stone, but Saturday for New Year's Day, I know people got things going on. You have New Year's dinner, whatever you do, watch college football. Uh, but Team DSM Media, we may be putting together a DSM Media special somewhere Saturday, late afternoon to nighttime. We don't know the specifics yet, but we'll be on here 
um, going over Philly sports in 2021, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the big moments in Philly sports in this past year. And we'll also be putting together, you know, a new year's resolution or wish list, so to speak for Philly sports, uh, obviously Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, um, that's it. Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies Union. I forgot if I said Phillies or not. Uh, so anyone who wants to join in then is welcome as well. We'll also be hanging out, having a few drinks. So come hang out with Team DSM Media on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. If not, if it doesn't happen, obviously that's a big if. Um, happy New Year to everybody that yeah. watches. Thank you. For uh, and we'll be all. right back with you on Sunday. <laughs> all year. Yeah, we'll be right back Sunday, um, early morning. So, um, But definitely want to shout you all out. Thank you for an awesome year. Um, as we get ready to bounce out of here, definitely want to shout out our sponsors over at Manscaped. As you guys know, DSM Media and Turf Talk are brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TURF20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TURF20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code TURF20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you, especially yes, going will. into the new year. You want your balls to be nice and fresh. Um, so make sure you're loading up with Manscaped at manscaped.com. Use that code TURF20 for 20% off and free shipping. For my co-host, Dylan, uh, you guys can follow him on Twitter at DylanJD98. For myself, Scotty, you can find me at Scotty Drown. For DSM Media, who this is all presented to you by, you can find us at DSM underscore media. For myself, for Dylan, for DSM Media, that is going to be it for this show. Peace. <laughs>